Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. excited to have Andrea Hundley on the podcast. Hi, Andrea. Hello. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your blog and what you blog about? So my blog is called Design Morsels, and it's about all things home decor and DIY. And I guess it is, it started out as kind of, I guess, all decorating blogs where it was all about my house but then I quickly realized and lots of images as all home decor blogs are but then I quickly realized that I really needed it to be more about the words and the content and less about the pictures so it is I'm trying to I've sort of you know twisted over time and focus more on almost like a uh, what's that columnist who answered questions. That's kind of what I'm trying to do more instead of look at my living room. It's more like, gotcha. how did I, how do you do this? How do you do right. that? But so more questions. It's really interesting. And we can talk more about that as we get into the nitty gritty of the show. So um, how we met in real life <laughs> is uh, I think that we had met online and then um I was headed down to the Haven conference in Atlanta to speak. And I think you reached out and said, Hey, I'm going to be there. And I think we connected when we got there. That's how we that did. Went. And before that, I listened to all of your podcasts and <laughs> I think I might've signed up for a mastermind before that. So yes. I definitely knew who you were. Awesome. Um, but that was a lot of fun. That was a good event. It'd be nice when we can have events again. <laughs> yes. My- it was really good to see someone familiar. I thought it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Those are big. Those are ginormous. I have my beach retreat coming up in August that we're kind of making up from 2020. And I'm really excited just to be around people again. Me too. Yeah. I'm going. So <laughs> it's like a reunion. In the sand, which is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Andrea last year participated in my um, 12-week content blitz boot camp. And so I wanted to just have her come on here and kind of talk about, um, as a person who's like in the middle of continuing to grow her platform and work on her platform, um, just to give us some insights. And the first thing I'm going to talk about really is, I think, And Andrea, you can uh, weigh in on this stuff as I talk about it. In the past year, like when I kind of started building out those content blitzes and stuff like that, I really became very, um, I don't know what the right word is. It's almost like convicted (laughs) to talk about um, something that I think has been lost in sort of the mess of online business. And that is that a lot of us who are bloggers are trying to build a blog based business. And I don't think that people always realize that if you're choosing a blog based business, you're choosing really a content based business. And when we say content with blogs, we're talking about blog articles, right? Like we're talking about filling our website with blogs, um, blog articles, posts, however you want to say it. 
But in that process, I feel like, you know, when you go through the journey of trying to learn more online business stuff, you really get exposed to quite a bit of new information across the board in all kinds of forms. And I think that it can be tricky sometimes because we think to ourselves, okay, like I'm getting into this because I want to write. I want to be a writer. I want to share, or you like to take photos and you like to write like you're, you know, you're generally not always, but you're a creative person and this is your writing outlet. But then when you get into it, you find out that there's all these other opportunities um, for income. And in some instances, those opportunities may seem like they're the quick win or like they're the quick fix to the situation. And it, I think it makes people want to pivot out of content creation, especially early on and like swing into this other thing, which is a whole new learning curve. You know what I mean? It takes you away from the business of your blog, which is content creation. And then, you know, has you going into all these other avenues of trying to generate revenue, not from your blog, Right. And even though those things may work in the short term, the thing that's really interesting as time goes on, I, you know, I take a step back from where I'm sitting is that it always goes back to the fact that your blog is the only thing you have control over, right? And so you being a, um, you know, a DIY person, you probably engage in Pinterest. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And how do you feel about Pinterest generally? Who likes Pinterest? I mean, as a user... I love Pinterest as a creator. <laughs> I find it frustrating right. trying to guess. So right. I, I loved it early on because right. it brought me traffic, but right. I do not feel like it's the most reliable Correct. way to get traffic anymore. Exactly. Um, and so there's like, you know, there's these concepts of like, okay, well, we're just going to pump a bunch of money into ads and Pinterest or we'll punch, punch a bunch of money into ads on Facebook. And even Facebook's changed, right? But it's because now... Uh, it's out of Facebook's control. It's this like ripple down effect, right? Because now it is the iPhone or whatever, iOS. I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but they changed something. And then Facebook had changed something, which means our stuff changed. So people who may have shifted their attention to using either of these sources for, you know, large parts of their income may find that they begin to struggle because they put their eggs in that basket, right? And what I love about blogs, what I love about having a blog-based business, which is also a content-based business, is that when you start to build your content up, almost like every article is a new opportunity to create an income stream potentially, right? Um, Some of it may just be from traffic and some of it may be from affiliate revenue. Some of it may be from selling your own products in your content. Some of it, you know, there's so many opportunities for income on your own space. And obviously like you've got to get people there to make that work. But part of that process really is about building it, being strategic about how you write it and then doing your best to get it to show up in Google, you know, doing your best minimum thing with Pinterest. Like that's why I had that easy peasy pinning thing that we came out with earlier this year. Just just doing your very best to do what you know how to do on the space that you control to make the biggest difference. So with that in mind, um, and you did the content blitz bootcamp last year, what, if you remember, like, what did you really enjoy most about that class in particular that you took? Well, I feel like it gave me a structure and a set, like a timeline to publish new posts, which is, you know, I definitely, my strategy is content and affiliate income. And so it, gave me a way to structure my content and a schedule to stick to, which helped me 
motivate myself. It also really was great for diving into different types of posts because I feel like sometimes we get in a rut and we only create DIY posts or we only create, uh, I don't really do, I'm looking at the list, roundup posts. So it gave me a bunch of different ways to think about how I could not only write the original post, but how I could repurpose it, like with the roundups Mm -hmm. and what I, whether I wanted to do authoritative posts and maybe I give myself, you know, more room and more time to write those authoritative posts because I'm looking at those as a long-term investment in traffic. Right. So it gave me a lot of different ways to think about content and a good structure for here's what you need to do at the beginning. Now I'll be totally honest. I did not outline my posts and I never do that, but that's just me. Yeah. But it, it definitely gave me a framework to make myself post and also figure out different kinds of posts that would help make my content a little bit more varied. Yeah. So through that process, you were able to, because I I know with DIY based stuff, right? Like there's a struggle there a little bit because at least what I've seen with most of my clients is that they spend a lot of time doing tutorials because that's what you do a lot of times on DIY posts, or you are so consumed with the photography side of things that like the photography part just makes content creation slow, right? And so I created this Blitz Bootcamp was because I was trying to help people to be able to, uh, the content Blitz Bootcamp, for people to be able to get faster at writing, number one. Number two, to be able to effectively write a post that's really geared for Google from day one. Even if you're brand new or brand newish, or you've been blogging for a while, but you've never really focused on content-based SEO, you know, SEO, I think is a little bit scary for some people, but a lot of it for me that I've found is just being, being strategic and sort of playing the game, if that's the right way to say it, um, which really comes down to a lot of just simple things that you can do in your content. I don't ever do a DIY that I don't think there's keyword potential to rank for it. Yeah. That may be, that may sound foreign, but to people who are really creative, but I guess I want something that someone's looking for because it doesn't do me any good to do the world's best tutorial if no one is looking for that. Right, right. Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting point. So like as we're talking about content creation and this is kind of some of the stuff that gets covered in the class is, you know, being able to diversify what you write so you don't get burned out on one thing, you know, how those different types of posts. So I talk about seven different types of posts. One is we've got tutorials, we've got um, list posts, or roundup posts, you know, there's authoritative, which are the long ones where you're really trying to like rank for those suckers, or you want those to be like really core content on your website, like the end all be all article about something. There's review posts, like there's so many different things that you can write. And, you know, the the point of the class is to get you to write faster because um, I'm asking you to basically write 20, 25 posts in 12 weeks, which for a lot of people may be like, that's so much content, but you know, I always use my analogy of like, it's like being a musician. You're going to put out 10 songs and only two, you know, two of those songs will people remember off of that 10 thing. Right. And then the opportunity is that over time, as you build on that, you know, as you learn, you can go back and tweak. Right. So like Andrea has also been through my optimization blitz bootcamp where she's gone back and updated old posts and like pretty much followed the same 
philosophy, like the same map to go through her old content, update it and get it, you know, optimized for search, get it optimized with pins and all the things. And so my question is, Andrea, how did your traffic change since you implemented? In this case, you felt like the classes had an impact on your traffic. My traffic is significantly up, but most significant for me is that my traffic has shifted from Pinterest to Google. And I feel like I have a lot more control over that because you might have one pin on Pinterest that, woo, gangbusters, and you're, you know, getting 500 visits a day, which I did. But then, you know, you can't count on that to last. Whereas, so I've seen a shift from my traffic, not only going up, but going from social traffic to search traffic, which is really what I want. Yeah. And one thing that's really interesting about that too, is like, as you see that switch, cause that's what happened to me when I started the process. Like when I went through and started doing the stuff that I teach in the class, like I did that before I ever wrote the class. And that's why I decided to write it was because when I started doing all these small, impl- you know, all these things on this checklist, you know, this impl- implementation checklist that I have, that was when I saw the shift go away from social into Google. And it was a relief for me because I wasn't riding those waves anymore. I still think Pinterest is a great place for people to be. I still encourage people, you know, like you should use Pinterest, especially if you're early on, because it's going to be easier than Google, you know, to start with for the most part. Um, But as long as like you're focusing and even in the early days, you're not just writing all this like random stuff, like you're writing with purpose. And some people are like, well, that kind of takes the creative part out of it. And that's fine. But I want to remind you that you're going to build a business. (laughs) And I think that there are posts that I take an opportunity to be creative with. And then there's there's all the other posts where I'm just like, this is my business. How do I get eyeballs on this? It has to be strategic. And there's been plenty of times like when I write, like when I write new content now, I definitely have an idea. You know, I start with an idea. And this is in the class is I, I ask people to write down their ideas first. And then I have them go through the research part to figure out like, how does this actually like play out online? Like, does anybody even care about this? And through that discovery process, I feel like so many people have so many light bulb moments, just going through that process of like taking your ideas and then figuring out like who the heck cares about that. You know what I mean? And all that information is available. And so the class really walks you through going in and being able to um, take your ideas and make sure that they make sense. And if they do or they don't like tweaking them or you'll get new ideas through that process. But I think it's an important part of every blogger's content creation process. And the other part of this that I was going to get to earlier is that I think that a lot of people spend their first days only like they, they come out of the gate like, okay, I'm going to write one post a week, which is, you know, okay. But a lot of times I'll meet with people, you know, a year, a year and a half in, and they still only have 25 or 30 posts. And I'm like, there's no way at this pace, you will not get where you want to be. You are doing an online magazine essentially. And if you want eyeballs, you're going to have to crunch it, you know? So I really encourage people like through this process, like I want them to try to tackle those 2025 posts in a 12 week time period, because that practice and that effort is going to make you faster. Do you feel like you got faster, Andrea? It's okay if you say no. I definitely got faster. <laughs> no. And I also feel like it, it helped me shift my mindset from, I feel like a lot of people in my niche, especially are so focused on the images, but no one is going to find your post if you don't put the words in there too. And I, so I see all, 
I do a lot of hops with other bloggers that yeah. are in the DIY and decorating. And I'll look at their posts and I'll think, God, how are they ever going to rank for this? They're never going to. I mean, these might be the best pictures on the planet, but no one's going to read the article because right. Google has no idea what this is about. Right. So exactly. So it definitely think- helped me change, shift that yeah. mindset. And I also hope, you know, like I've had some more type A people who go through it and say that it's helped them be less perfectionistic about writing because they're like, okay, like this doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be a strong piece of content. It needs to provide value to the person who's on there, but it's not like, you know, you're only going to have like three or four grammar police who come through. And even then they're probably not going to (laughs) stop to tell you about it. And if they do, you can either change it or ignore them. I mean, it's your, you own your platform. (laughs) so You get to do what you want. But I feel like earlier this year, like you sent me a screenshot and I think it was in maybe March or something or February. And it was like 450% increase in traffic or something like that. It was, it was high. And it was because that it was all search traffic and it was before my one pin took off. So I was looking at search traffic versus search. Oh, okay, cool. At that point. Gotcha. So when my pin took off that, you know, was great, but then I'm like, Ooh, what am I going to do when that goes away? But now over time, I've really feel like I've hit a stride where I've got lots of base hits in posts that are getting search traffic instead of, you know, home runs for Pinterest that I can't ever predict. Yeah. And that's, that's another interesting point is like, I've had some clients like where I really dig into their analytics because, you know, they were like, Oh, I was just doing so great with Pinterest and I can't figure out what's happened. And so I'll spend, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, just like digging deep into their Google analytics. And I realize essentially like someone, I mean, you can see all this if you follow the trails through Google analytics, someone else pinned a pin on a board somewhere that just took off. And then the person who owned the board, like, so if that person put that on a group board or they own the board, deletes the pin is gone, like traffic stops. So when you see those abrupt changes, it's most likely that somebody deleted that pin from a board or that somebody marked it um, as like, you know, like nicked it as a pin that was like spam or whatever, whatever that process is. So I always tell people, like, if you see a serious drop in referrals from Pinterest, you got to go down that rabbit hole and figure out what the root of that was. Because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like my traffic from Pinterest is generally like the same. Like it doesn't really change much. It might peak in the holiday season and then come back. But generally like eight years in, it's just, and I know I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I pin maybe once a month or once a quarter at this point, like I'm not even pinning and it just stays the same. So um, it's just a really interesting thing. And so, you know, really the, the thing that I wanted to show people was like, I had been on this journey where I had relied very heavily on Pinterest for years and years and years. And then finally, like, I was like, I just need to, I remember being on an airplane and I think I was going to like FinCon in San Diego or something. And I was like, okay, Kim, you're going to buckle down and learn about SEO. Cause I, you know, had a friend, I think it was probably Deacon Hayes who did a presentation about SEO. And I had never really just like dug head first in it because back in the day, Pinterest was, you know, the water faucet of traffic for us. And so you would just pin, it would be like traffic, 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 traffic. And that, as that changed, like I had to learn to diversify and really 
as a person who is a blog-based business owner who focuses on content, really SEO is an important part of that journey. And so I don't usually, you know, I don't always encourage people who are in their first like 25 posts to really worry about SEO, because if you're new to blogging, I would rather you just get in the flow of like understanding how to use WordPress and how to publish a post and like how to change the size of your images and all that basic stuff that I cover in the Just Start blogging class. But as far as like getting into like SEO, after you get past that point of like 25 posts, it can't hurt you to really understand how SEO works. So the content blitz bootcamp, the 12 week content blitz bootcamp really takes you from like bare bones. Like, I think if you don't really understand SEO, would you agree, Andrea? <laughs> yes, it can get you, it can really get you over the hump of trying to, in, in a digestible way, look at SEO. Yeah. But not in a super technical way. Right. And I think there's a time and place for super technical SEO. Right. That's why like I love um, Mike Pearson because I think he kind of does a way more technical approach to SEO and like, um, you know, site-wide SEO and that sort of thing. But for most bloggers, like that first step and give that first hump of switching your traffic to from like Pinterest or social where it's like hit or miss, you're like more traffic from Google and things like that is a shift to understanding SEO and understanding why it's important. And I go through all of that in the class. I take you very step-by-step through being able to take a post, figure out, you know, how to optimize it for Google and then how to write the post in the way that will make it easy to rank. I agree a hundred percent. I think it maybe isn't the best strategy. I agree for if it's your first 20 posts, because you're still trying to figure out what the heck do I want to write about? But then once you kind of get in your groove a little bit, then it helps you write posts that can have more of a long-term boost, give a long-term boost to your search traffic. Yeah. Because we talk about how like SEO is really more of a long game because, you know, there's so many variables that play into it, but one of the variables is how old your website is. Um, It's not to say that you're not going to get on page one if you have a new blog necessarily, but um, content, you know, I mean, there's a lot of pieces that also go into that. Like, you know, I know you've worked really hard, I think on linking to other sites, like getting backlinks, which is helping your SEO strategy is how long did it take you to see kind of a shift? I think it was like a three to six month time period okay. where I started to see those posts get traffic yeah. and that now I'm starting to see, you know, a, a lot of posts getting search traffic, yeah. but it does take time. It's not going to, it's not like Pinterest where boom, they're, you're getting the traffic right. tomorrow. Right. It is definitely a long game. But for you, how do you feel like it's been worth it? Like as far as like being patient and kind of playing the longer game? Yes. And I feel like that a little bit is a, is a moat if you want to look at it that way, because people who aren't willing to stick it out for the long game, they're never going to get, Oh, you know, it's, I feel like it creates something if you stick with it that other people won't because they get frustrated. But if you just keep going, (laughs) then you start, it's like a flywheel where it starts picking up momentum from search. Yeah. And then how long have you been blogging? I started in the end of 2018. So it's been almost three years, I guess. Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, like I I love to be able to talk to people who've been in it for three years because I think they see that. Like, I think that they see, you know, like there was probably a season where you, I mean, did did you have a season where you were kind of hit or miss with your stuff or have you always sort of been consistent, but realized that you weren't consistent in the right way? 
No, I was not always on. I mean, I was really, I guess, struggled in the beginning trying to figure out, God, there's so many people writing about this stuff. How will I ever stand out until you kind of figure out what your, what your voice is going to be and how you're going to position yourself within the ocean of other creators. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you're three years in though, you can see that like when you're consistent and like when you implement and then when you stick it out, you get to a point where you see the momentum pick up, like you were saying, and it just kind of yeah. starts to go on its own because yes. now like, you know, you're not like, you know, having to go back and like go to those posts and re-put them on Google. Google just knows they're there and Google will start to show them and all these things. So I think it's just really interesting to watch that process. And so I appreciate you being on here because that was my journey too. Like when I figured all this stuff out and I started kind of doing it in the way that I understood how to do it, I was just amazed at like that transition from being able, like I remember logging in to Google uh, analytics and that first time that I saw Google go up above social, I was like, I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it. I can do this, you know? I don't have to have like some sort of computer science degree to figure this stuff out. I got it, you know? So the next question is, you spent some time doing some like content partnerships and stuff. So do you have any advice on people who are considering like, doing any kind of like guest posting or whatever, like what's been your experience with that modern, like, you know, uh, today? Cause I, I used to do blog hops back in the day, um, which I think were very helpful. <clears throat> I don't feel like there's a whole lot anymore. I mean, I don't see a lot of them. I'm not exactly sure like where people go to find blog hops anymore um, or guest posting or whatever, but what have you found to be some of the best ways that you've been able to, you know, help your traffic, help your SEO, with doing things not on your own website? I guess I would say there's three ways that I've worked in, I guess, content partnerships. One is I did do some guest posting, but I feel like it's getting a little bit harder to get people to do that, but it's still worth reaching out to other people. I did a couple of those and mainly people that I found through the group um, who were looking for guest posts. So I think that's one way I did it. Another way I did it was through the hops and the in my niche, I guess there's a lot of hops and I've been invited to do a lot of different hops over time. Like I got invited to do a Christmas tree hop and it was so, a bunch of bloggers that I hadn't partnered with before. Just to clarify. So with the hops, is this, is this the same way it used to be like where you go to a particular landing page and um, there's basically like a plugin or some sort of tool where you add your URL and it sort of populates? No, that's a... Um, link party. Okay. And I don't like to do those. I did a couple of those, but then I was like, Oh, this is not, I don't recommend those because also in links, which is the service that populates the links, they can use your images once you post on there. So if you terms of service, (laughs) blog hop is just a group of people. And like, I just was in one today called DIY hop where there's 10 bloggers and we're each putting up a DIY craft and one person is the organizer of it. They send out all the links. Everybody puts the same links in their post and then you automatically find new people to follow you because their traffic is looking, Oh, what's this? And they click over. And it's also an incoming link. Okay. So these are all things that have been posted on your blog or are they on social? On my blog. And then my link is on each one of their blogs. So we all have the same list of links that goes into a post on a specific day. Are the posts all the so, same? No. 
So like everybody did their own DIY project and then we all share them. So. Okay. So how long does that like go on? The, uh, well, I have a lot of them that I do once a month. So this DIY when I'm in, which I'm getting ready, I feel like they have sort of a limited time where they help you because at yeah. first I got 10 new incoming links from blog, from other bloggers in my you. niche. And then, it, but you know, you don't want to keep getting those same 10 people gotcha. forever. You want to find new people. So right. the hops mm-hmm. are a good way to do that. And the third way, finding high authority sites like the spruce Mm -hmm. if you can get your content featured in those that tends to help with your seo and authority for google i find that um a lot of those places like if you're like well how do you get those opportunities um i find that a lot of those places in my experience like i think they find my stuff maybe on pinterest or maybe on google i'm not sure but they'll reach out and just say hey like we found this article it's it's a good match for what we're writing about you know are you okay with us using an image from this? And I'll say, yes, but I want to do follow link. That's what I always say. Yeah. That was the mistake I made with the spruce. They, they found me about some picture of a bookshelf and asked me and I said, yeah, great. And then I get the article and it said, don't follow link. But I did reach out and say, Hey, I noticed you made this a don't follow link. Is there any way you could switch it to a do follow link? And they did. So that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, my understanding is that uh, it's a good idea to be able to have backlinks from those sites, whether they're do follow or no follow. But anytime you can negotiate a do follow, it's even better. So it's just sort of like a boost for your website to say like, hey, this is a good website. You know, you should give this website more authority. Um, it's like it gives you like Internet street credit or something <laughs> with Google, which is kind of what you want. Right. What would you say are kind of like, I mean, do you see any cons, you know, other like when you're doing these kind of blog hop kind of things, like things you've learned that you wouldn't do again? I guess the thing I learned is that don't keep doing it forever. Just try to find different groups and to do it with because it starts to get stale. I feel like the Mm -hmm. doing the same sort of thing with the same group of people and you want to try to find people that are like a great way to do it would be inside the Facebook group. If you have a group of mommy blogs and they're all writing content about toddlers, then you would each say, Hey, let's write a post about how to manage a difficult toddler, whatever. It's something Mm -hmm. like that where everybody would write their own take on the same subject. I think it's a great thing to do once in a while. You just don't want that to be all of your content. Gotcha. And like, as far as that goes, it's like, let's say that was the example that you were using, like all, like it's a group of moms who are writing about toddlers is it that you all write a separate article about like how to manage your toddlers and then you guys hyperlink to each other as examples of things like how does it work exactly logistically? yes yes that is exactly how it works and like okay. the christmas tree one i did everybody decorated their tree in a different way a different theme and then we all link it was hyperlinks at the bottom of the post okay where you could come here to see the star wars tree and here to see oh, this tree cool. and here to see that tree you know so okay, cool do you have anything that you'd like to encourage the listeners with as far as like content creation and things like that go i guess for me it's the number one most important thing if you want to have a blog based business and you you know I haven't successfully figured out a product, but I love the blog part and I feel like it can still generate an income from ads and affiliate. So yeah, affiliate income. So I feel like it's a, it's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Long-term. 
Yeah. And so for you um, in particular, like you focus your energy based, you know, for, for your business approach is you're more of traffic focus, affiliate focus. And so you don't necessarily feel the need to go build a product because at this point you would probably feel like your time was better spent writing more content, linking to more affiliates and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, for this in a home decor niche, I don't feel like products are where it's at, but I am. I'm going to look at it for a second blog. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And again, I just, I think it just comes down to your audience and stuff. Like we talk about, you know, products here or there, but I think it's really good perspective to see that like not everybody has to go down the same path to create passive income from their blog. There's different approaches, different ways to do it. Um, and it just comes down to consistency and focus and being able to really understand how to write in a way where you're not just writing, you know, journals or you're not writing for grandma and grandpa, but you're actually like writing content that people can find and be helped by. And I think something that you started the episode with is you were saying you kind of had that shift in away from like, oh, here's my beautiful living room or whatever to trying to solve problems through your content like trying to answer questions, trying to be a resource that people go to, like when they're trying to find answers to their questions about DIY. And everybody is welcome to create a blog exactly how they want to as the creators of that blog. But if you're wondering why things aren't moving forward, <laughs> it might be because you need to go through a content blitz bootcamp yourself. So. I just want you guys to know that we're having a flash sale with the content blitz bootcamp. I'll have the links um, in the description in the show notes. Thank you so much, Andrea, for being on here and for just sharing your experiences with content creation, sharing your experiences as a DIY blogger um, and giving us input and all that. I really appreciate your time. All right. Thanks. All right. Have a good day. You too.